0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Hey,
1: yo, yo, check this out, What's man. Out? We gotta get serious. We gotta do a radio version for this. Well, that
2: means we gotta take it all a cussing, right? All the cussing. Yellow boy kicking the beat. If you don't mind, I
3: will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going.
4: One, two, three. Bad boy. Four,
2: five, six. V I G. A lot of people say zoology is bull. I disagree. And think about other classes like math, where you got to deal with imaginary numbers. They're not real, bro. They're imaginary. That's pointless. Is irrelevant to my life. But zoology is different. Like for instance, did you know uh dolphins weren't fish? Dolphins are mammals, bro. That's crazy. Like, they're just like us. They just swim. They have, like,
1: smoothish skin. You know, sometimes I think you're normal, then you say stuff like that, and I remember, oh, wait, no, he's freaking nuts. What is happening
0: here? I don't know. And now. So when I was in eighth grade, I thought they were so good and they were so cool.
1: Yeah, back in middle school, I kind of liked
5: them.
0: But now I realize they're awful.
5: Our feature presentation.
6: Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It's Tuesday morning, the 18th of September. That's a uh, painful review to hear from the kids, isn't it? Nah, it happens. Can't <laughs> what are, get everybody.
7: What are you gonna do?
8: <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna do? <laughs> Should be the slogan of this program. Hey, y'all.
7: Hey. hey. Man. hey. What's happening?
8: I don't want to spoil the extensive Emmys coverage that we have right. later on because I know we have uh, we have a guest in, we have uh, audio. Uh, Ali's going to be talking about what's happening coming up because the Emmys were last night. I uh, did not watch it. It's the first time I think maybe I haven't watched the Emmys in twenty five years. It's you're the luckiest person in twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, uh, beloved uh, but terrible Seahawks were on Monday Night Football, so that's what I was doing. But Allie and I were texting back and forth all night, so she was keeping me abreast of what was going on on the show.
7: Yeah, and he'd be like, five sacks, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah.
8: Yes, it was was an awful game, but, unless you're a Bears fan, but... I did want to talk about the proposal from the stage because just to get into the – again, not to spoil the coverage So later, the only
7: interesting part of the show? The only interesting part. That just part? to get, just that to one get
8: part? into the discussion that we've had in the past mm. about is that an appropriate hijacking of everyone else's time to make it a hey-look-at-me moment? And we say this when we see public proposals at Dodgers games. We say this, you know, in lots of cases where somebody takes something that's not about them and makes it about them. Are we cool with it? Are we applauding this guy for using that time on the stage that's supposed to be honoring television to propose to his girlfriend?
7: If the show wasn't as bad as it was. My
8: thoughts exactly.
7: That would have been so annoying.
6: It saved absolutely show.
7: Absolutely. It was
6: the only thing that mattered. (laughs)
7: Agreed. Really? Yeah. It
6: was, it's just the opposite of what I normally think, which is the same thing you're saying, which is don't make everything about you. In this case, it needed to be about somebody for God's sakes. (laughs) Amen. And so God bless him for standing up there and doing that. I was like, wow, that's a real moment in this show.
8: I just feel like it's a big waste of the viewers' time. please, that was the rest of the show. Oh, oh, all right. Well, part of the reason I bring that story up is because there's another story this week about a Chinese flight attendant on May 19th, her boyfriend. Apparently, he works for the airline too, but judging from the pictures, he was not in uniform, so he was probably it was probably a, you know, a, what do they call it, a deadhead flight for him or something. Is that the I think so. Expression? I don't know. Yeah. So, he's a uh, a passenger on the flight, on the flight. But at some point, he gets up and walks up with flowers and a ring and proposes to his girlfriend, who is the flight attendant on the flight. And everybody oohs and ahs. Uh, You know, there's a video of them kissing, and then the the bride-to-be gets on the speaker and says, I never expected my boyfriend would propose to me during a flight. Thank you to everyone for witnessing the event. It was about 30 minutes into the flight. All the passengers were into it. However, when she landed, she was fired (gasps) by the airline. Wow. Oh, they said it was uh, inappropriate and out of protocol and that it jeopardized. the. Uh, she did not consider the safety of the passengers on the flight. I mean, it's what? not like the flight was in a spiral yeah, what's gonna happen? to the ocean. I mean, I, I guess the only thing you could argue is that maybe somebody was waiting for a drink and they, you know, they had to wait 10 minutes because she was busy getting engaged. But this is a case where somebody it wasn't all about her, according to her employer. And they ended up firing her for being proposed to. Now, what do you think about that?
7: Uh, Um, The only thing I could think is if she took a ton of time away from her duties. But what if some random guy decided to propose to her and do all this stuff? And she was like, huh, that's funny. That's weird. And it would take the same amount of time. You know what I'm saying?
8: No.
6: No. Like, if
7: some if some person that she didn't even know like uh-huh. s- decided, oh, I'm going to propose to this woman on my flight that I dig, who's right. my flight attendant, Okay, they wouldn't fire her for that. Right. But so, one is
8: her choice. One isn't, I think.
7: She, I don't. She, she was surprised by it. She, oh, was, she was surprised okay.
8: by it. But I guess they're saying, I mean, it wasn't really her fault. She didn't initiate it. By That's the way, what I'm saying. How bad does her fiance feel now that he got his girlfriend fired? Exactly. He's got to feel bad. He's got to break it off. I don't know. I think (laughs) so she can be unemployed and alone. I think if you took a vote of the people on that plane, they would say it was a sweet moment and they're glad they got to see it.
9: Yeah, I would guess so.
8: But I guess when you're working for a company, they have the right to say how you spend your time when you're on the clock being paid by them, I guess. So
7: what airline is this? This is um, Alaska, you said?
8: No, it's a Chinese. Uh, it's oh, a Chinese okay. airline. Yeah.
7: Huh. Well, I'm not going to um, use them for my flights to China. China Eastern Airlines. That's called yep. mm-hmm. at least four. Chinese <laughs> Eastern.
9: Yeah.
8: So anyway, so uh, the takeaway here then is proposal on the Emmys, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Proposal on the plane also thumbs up. Right. To- yes. Agreed, I love but- love.
7: I don't. I hate these things. I think <laughs> it's crap having to watch them, and I loved it last night. Same. <laughs>
6: Same. So weird. Hated as a policy. Yeah. Last night, that show needed it more than anything in the world. And, and there was something about last night's proposal that sort of, he was talking about his dead mother. Yeah. It was It, so, was,
7: it was. sweet and sad. And, and sort
6: of super well done and sort yes. of not about him.
7: No. Kind oh. of. Yeah.
6: It was a strange moment. Yeah.
8: Should you be able to win an Emmy for producing the Oscars? That's another great question. Or directing the Oscars or whatever it was That's another great question. I don't know. Uh, Because
6: it does seem like it's it's a loop now. Yeah, it is. It's incestuous. (laughs) (laughs) Award shows giving awards to other award shows. Yeah. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) All right, let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we?
0: I'm right here. And I don't care that you're uncircumcised. All
6: right. He's going to have to change that. (laughs) Michael Schneider is going to be here in studio talking about the Emmys.
8: He sure takes... The worst press room photos, doesn't he? I have not noticed that, no. Did you see, Ali, he was tweeting all the backstage photos as they win, they come backstage for interviews and whatnot, and all of them are from like 80 feet away and blurry.
7: Oh, Michael. I'm just trying to, (laughs) maybe he needs
8: to get his own guy. I'm just trying to figure out what the point of it is.
7: Oh. Wow.
6: We'll have to ask him about that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Comedian Christopher Titus joins us today on the program. Very excited about that. We have uh, Jensen Karp, our Kevin and Bean Beef correspondent, telling us about Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Sure, okay, it's happening there. Whose side are
8: we on for this one? By the way,
7: I would say I M&M. don't know yet. Maybe Eminem. Yeah, Eminem had a much better diss track, and I'm going to blow your minds with a tidbit coming up. Okay, all, all right. right.
9: What? Wait. Kill shot.
6: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, we'll have the uh, Emmy highlights, and we've got Mama Mugs. Talking Dodgers baseball.
8: Oh, no. Is she yeah. sad about the first place Dodgers two weeks before the end of the regular season? Of
6: course. Why else would we talk to her? Okay. Should we?
7: Oh, she's going to jinx them. She's jinxing
6: nothing. She's
7: oh, not she even didn't... a
6: fan. She doesn't even watch the games. Oh. She didn't jinx them last year. They got to game seven of the World Series. How'd that wind up?
5: Well, not great.
6: All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back to what's <laughs> happening next.
5: Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. It is Tuesday. Allie is here with our first
8: look at what's happening.
7: When I started watching the Emmys, I thought, okay, this is it's going quick. They're keeping it moving. I mean, not during the opening song or the monologue. Those that was that was just death, but that was death. Okay. But once they got to the actual awards, because they didn't introduce each but you know, an up for outstanding drama. Game of Thrones play a clip. Handmaid's Tale play a clip. They literally played clip, 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 clip. No talking in between and then brought out a presenter who then got right to it.
6: That was weird in that they would say who the nominees were and then they would bring out the celebrities to give the answer. Right. Versus go the opposite way. And usually they can talk and the stupid pattern, and they try to be funny. And
7: I think it blah, saved blah, blah. a lot of time and kept it going a bit quicker. I thought that for the first hour. Mm. And then I looked at the clock and I'm like, whoa. All right. They just kept hitting speed bump after speed bump after speed bump. Oh, those those sketches in between my Rudolph and oh, oh, dear oh, lord. Sweet baby Jesus. What were you doing? But <laughs> they're usually pretty funny
8: by the way, those amazingly two. Amazing funny. They usually are. Yes,
7: it was death.
8: The only thing I care about is how was my sweet Betty White?
6: I hate to tell you this, Bean, but yeah. you know how she's always been super old, but really sharp, sharp and on top and of it. Quick, mm-hmm. yeah, not so much anymore. Yeah. Really, it's kind of a bummer.
7: Yeah, it made me really oh. sad for the
6: first time, at least to me. And I haven't watched her in a while, but to me, for the first time, it was like, oh no, she's old. Yeah. Well, she's 96. I she's understand 96, that, but, but the I whole never thing
9: thought ab-
7: that.
6: Yeah, the whole thing about her is she doesn't act like she's 96. Yeah. Right. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of sad. Oh, she's so she's precious. She's
9: very though.
8: sweet, but yeah. Just so precious. She's been in show business for almost 80 years, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was nervous when I saw her trending, I'll tell you that, because I didn't know she was going to be on the Emmys. <laughs> so oh, I yeah. Th- I thought the worst.
7: Yeah, she came out to a standing ovation, obviously, but she's mm-hmm. just she's incredible.
6: Hold on. i just go back to what Bean just said. Um, mm-hmm. So you saw something trending and you you thought the worst
7: really (laughs) well in my defense wow that's
8: so weird for you she's 96 that's a reasonable that's a reasonable assumption at
6: that point (laughs) you assume you assume if 24 year olds are trending they're dead
8: okay (laughs) Fair, fair point
7: oh goodness all right you want to hear about some winners sure here's the thing uh game of thrones led the pack with 22 nominations after missing the eligibility window last year, remember when everyone's like, why isn't Game of Thrones winning? That's
9: right.
7: Because uh, they were too late. Like, I guess they didn't have it circled on their calendar by the time they had to send stuff I in. don't know,
6: but this year it felt like a season hasn't been on in 10 years, right? Absolutely.
7: <laughs> yes. Well, it didn't stop them from winning Outstanding Drama Series. That went to Game of Thrones. Outstanding Comedy Series. The Marvelous Mrs. Mazel. That is, that's Bean's show. Bean loves it.
8: I do love it, and I think you
7: you've seen it, right, Alex? I have. You should love it too. It's your Gilmore Girls it's creator show. Adorable. I really mm-hmm. like it. But mm-hmm. you were up against Atlanta and and Barry, and yeah, you're crazy.
8: Look, I, I, I'm not an Emmy voter, <laughs> right? But given those choices, I would have voted for Barry. For- yeah comedy of the year i
5: really would have
7: and i think barry is so new that it's gonna it's gonna win some stuff down the road but i really feel like this was atlanta's year Mm -hmm. to win some even though they've won in the past but it was their year i really thought brian tyree henry was gonna win best supporting actor however i was not upset when outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series went to henry winkler
8: yeah that was awesome
7: oh he is such a love bug
8: First ever Emmy, too, for a yes. guy who's been in television for almost 50 years. That's insanity. Yeah. That is. He's amazing. And he's been great for all those years. Absolutely. Sure he I is... mean, Arrested Development alone, he should have won an Emmy.
6: Agreed. Children's Hospital alone, he should have won an Emmy. Right? Happy
7: Days Alone, the Fonz. <laughs> hey. All right. That's weird. Um, outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Alex Bornstein. Who I was happy to see her win because she is so damn funny. And I think she had one of the best speeches of the night. Outstanding supporting she actor. start
6: with, I, I decided to go brawlus tonight. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a choice. <laughs>
7: Outstanding supporting actor in a drama series, Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. And actress in a drama series, supporting actress, Thandi Newton from Westworld. Oh. Yeah, some interesting, interesting choices. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, again... Bean Show, The Crown, Claire Foy.
8: Look... Look, look! I know that was a stacked category, and you weren't going to make everybody happy with whoever won in that category. But oh, when you pick the crown, you lose everything. She was phenomenal in the crown, mm-hmm. and it's a great show. But, but, uh, but better I than
7: Elizabeth Moss, the Handmaid's Tale.
8: That would have been my vote. Elizabeth Moss did okay. the, some of the best work I've ever seen on television in this past season of the Handmaid's. That would have been my vote. But again, and not I would have picked a Sandra
7: Oh for killing Eve. Same. Not a
8: not a bad choice either. Just saying. Look, it's a. There's a lot of competition, and only one can win. So boring. Believe me, there were plenty of people happy about so Claire so
7: boring. too. <laughs> but
8: don't hold that against sweet Claire. It's so boring. Kevin, you're going to become a big Claire Foy fan, am I? When, when the girl with the dragon tattoo comes out, the, oh, new move, the new movie. You know, she's the new Elizabeth. Oh, no kidding. Okay, yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, I love that first one. Terrific actress.
7: Um, outstanding lead actor in a drama series. I think this was a surprise. Don't you think? It was Matthew Reese for The Americans.
8: That show was definitely under-awarded through its long run. Agreed. Right. It, it is a great, was a great show. And he's tremendous on it.
6: Do you think this is the, hey, this is the last time we're going to get a chance to vote for this guy for the show?
8: I think I
7: and think that probably room play, room.
8: plays into it, yeah.
7: Absolutely. And Claire Foy too, right? Cuz she's yep. now she's gone. She's right. They bring in a an older queen.
8: Sure. sure. Olivia Colman. Oh, right.
7: <gasps> Olivia Colman?
8: Yeah. Oh. Damn it, now I'm gonna you're, have to watch
7: the crown. I totally forgot it was her.
8: You're back again. Dang
7: it. Oh uh, Outstanding Limited series. I know a lot of people loved it. The assassination of Gianni Versace won mm-hmm. for uh, that American crime story. So I mean I guess they didn't they didn't watch Patrick Melrose, but that's that's cool. That's fine. Whatever you wanna do. <laughs> I understand. I was let down a lot last night. Yeah, really let down a lot. You're,
8: you're pretty invested in other people's
7: prizes. I really am. I really am. Really happy for the winners. Um, I would have been really happy if there were other winners. If they were different. Yeah, that's just me. Hey, let's talk about some birthdays, shall we? Actor Jason Sudeikis, love him. Brazilian soccer player Ronaldo, do you like him? Is that yes. one of the ones? No, okay. he's a good one. Okay, he's not the one with the crazy not the Portuguese one. No. Yeah. What's with those eyebrows? I don't know. (laughs) He'd shut. I mean... I
6: do love, though, that he just transferred from Real Madrid to Juventus Uh in uh, Italy. Okay. And went, I think, four games without scoring a (sighs) goal. And that's not like him at all. No. They paid a lot of money to get him. Whoops. I think he finally scored one.
7: Oh, good. Actress Aisha Tyler, actor James Marsden, model, and I believe an actor, Patrick Schwarzenegger, and Jada Pinkett Smith. And that's what's happening.
5: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-R-O-Q. K-Rock.
7: Kevin,
8: I know you've been a uh, huge Eminem fan yes. since the real Slim Shady. Did you ever think we'd get to the point where he would be the cranky old get off my lawn no. guy? No, I did not. <laughs> That's all he does now is spend time yelling at the kids. And if there's one person who can break it down for us, it's our friend Jensen Carp who's on the line. Hit it, Steve.
5: Jensen cough. your float is
2: so tight. You rock the mic right. I can't believe you're right. Jensen cough. come on,
4: blow up the spot. The world-famous K-Rock. Let's talk hip-hop.
8: Jensen is our uh, hip-hop correspondent and also the uh, head of the beef division. And I think it's time to talk about what's going on with Eminem. Why Why has he been in so many fights with so many people throughout the years? Innocent people like Christina Aguilera somehow get in his sights. People like Everlast. People like Jean Rule. He's always battling with someone. Why, Jensen?
10: Well, it's usually people who necessarily can't defend themselves to the to the degree in which he can rap. He never goes against people that are as good as he is. And we're sort of seeing it this time because this has more white people in fighting than like a Whole Foods parking lot. <laughs> uh, he always reaches for the Kardashians. He was still rapping about Christopher Reeves uh, when he was dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. These are all sort of very easy targets for him and he's been doing it for years.
8: Now, I don't know. I'm going to confess here and tell you that I am not super familiar with Machine Gun Kelly. Is he a big name in the rap world?
10: Um, no, I wouldn't say he's a big name, but what he's done over the past six to eight years is sort of develop a, uh, a loyal fan base. He started off with Diddy, um, signed over there for a bit and then has, has just, you know, kind of consistently released music. He's went more towards the rock side, uh, oh. showing up on Warp Tour and stuff like that, but he is technically a good rapper. Okay. I so mean, we're fir- near Eminem, but, I mean, he is a technically servable rapper, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's so- what you
8: want. Is
6: technically <laughs> servable.
10: <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, uh, it's like how Denny's has servable pancakes. They're not as good as IHOP, but it, it's all within the same realm. <laughs> Understood. All right,
8: the first clip we're going to hear is the one that I guess started this most recent volley, and it's not alike. It's from Eminem's most recent album, Kamikaze. Now, before we play it, Jensen, why did he... Why did he come after Machine Gun Kelly? Like, why did he start up a new round of beef?
10: Well, like all good beefs, it started with a tweet from 2012, (laughs) uh, which is the idea that Machine Gun Kelly, when he was 21 years old, made a comment about uh, 16-year-old Haley, who's the daughter of Eminem, you remember from all those years back. Sure. Uh, At that point... Machine Gun Kelly did hear that maybe Eminem was not happy about that tweet. By the way, in the tweet, he basically says she's uh, very attractive uh, in a more rude way, but then says in the most respectful way because Eminem is king. So this thing should never have really hurt Eminem, uh, but it gives you a quick look into his ego. Uh, and then from there, uh, he, Machine Gun Kelly believes that he was uh, banned from, from uh, rapping or appearing on Shade 45, so he mentions that, and that's where that's it. That's all this came from. Wow.
8: Okay, yeah. all right. So here's uh, here's from Kamikaze. Here's uh, Eminem talking about MG Kelly.
10: Next time you don't gotta use Tech Nine if
2: you wanna come at me with a submachine gun. And I'm talking to you, but you already know who the fuck you are, Kelly. I don't use subliminals, so oh, it's us don't sneak this. But keep commenting on my daughter Haley. I keep on telling motherfuckers which in case you forgot. Really, you need jaw memory, jaws like strawberry, or pineapple, apple, pot jelly. I respond, really, but this time he are just about to sound off like a new cock to me. Glock to me, God, let me put his for silence on this little non-threatening corn very cornball, take a shot to me. You're not ready, fool, break yourself like Steady Cool. Obviously, I'm not kidding. Dude,
10: we can get it like, riding by, riding off, like... Whoa, he can rap. He can, uh, rap. Right?
9: He can yeah, still rap. Somewhere
10: in there, in that Micro Machines guy commercial, uh, yeah. he's <laughs> making fun of him by saying that Machine O'Kelly went on a Tech 9 song and kind of said some subliminal stuff and, Uh, I mean, he mentions them, like, on other songs, even on the album. It's just sort of a very easy target for him on that record, and it comes up a couple times.
8: All right, so then M.G. Kelly comes back with a diss track that I think a lot of people were impressed with called Rap Devil. What do we need to know about this?
10: Um, Just that... When you're not as big as Eminem and Eminem comes at you and you're a serviceable rapper, this is what you should do, immediately come out with something. Uh, and I think it's a pretty impressive, uh, I had everyone had low expectations, I think it's pretty impressive. And anytime you can say to a man, you have a weird beard, I'm all aboard. <laughs> Somebody grab me some clippers, a beard is weird. Tough talk from a rapper paying millions for security a year.
2: I think my dad's gone crazy, yeah Haley you right. Dad's always mad cooped up in the studio yelling at the mic. You sober and bored, huh? I know. I'm about to be forty-six years old, dog. Talking about, I'ma call up Trick Trick. Man, you sound like a bitch, bitch. Man, if I can handle your ish. Uh, you mad about something I said in 2012? Took you six years and a surprise album just to come with a diss. Oh wow. Okay. I
7: mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Granted, you said he's just a serviceable rapper, but he's short. He's got a weird beard. He wears weird hats. Now he's got a lot of money and he has security. Really? <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, this is this is I mean, it.
10: Listen, there are things in that rap song that are just kind of things that we all have said but no one has said on record, which is like you're lonely, you're bored, you uh, are 46 years old, you're still you're still making fun of children. Right. Um, Those are things, I don't think Machine Gun Kelly is necessarily the medium in which we we wish it was said. Uh, But then again, Eminem doesn't pick targets that will come back correctly. Like, for example, right now, Jay Electronica, who's a rapper out of New York City that's kind of a mythical creature in hip-hop, very good lyricist, signed to Jay-Z, all these things. He's been taking shots at Eminem. Eminem has completely ignored them. So we don't have the rapper that we want coming. I mean, Ja Rule is not who I ever wanted to go at Eminem.
9: (laughs) Right, right, right.
10: When I came on your show and we listened to Drake and Meek Mill or Drake and Pusha T, like we heard two, you know, four incredible rappers, three incredible rappers go at it there. We've never had that opportunity with them.
8: That is a very interesting point, Jensen. I totally see where you're coming from. All right, so your thoughts on Eminem's latest volley in this beef, Killshot.
10: I mean, I think it's all semi-mediocre between him and Machine Gun Kelly. I don't think there's anything here that really is uh, worth talking about it it's it, it, both sides you're sort of like dudes i don't know stop doing this uh, <laughs>
9: it, it just
10: feels like if you like what rap beef is but you want it to be more white and serviceable at a hot topic boy do i have a battle for you
6: okay here's eminem <laughs>
2: Stand, stand, son, listen, man, dad isn't mad, but how you gonna name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? Giants' woke eyes open, undeniable, supply and smoke, got the fire stoke. Say you got me in a scope, but you grazed me. I say one called it in a scope, and you Swayze, your reply got the crowd yelling, woo. So before you die, let's see who can out petty who with your corny lines. Slim your old, out Kelly, ooh, but I'm 45 and I'm still out selling you. By 29, I had three albums that it blew. Whoa. Um, I don't
10: know if that's really something I need to hear more than once.
7: (laughs) I I will say this. He did say he was going to make him Swayze. Yeah. And obviously that means, like, ghost, dead, whatever. It was released on September 14th. Patrick Swayze's date of
10: death. That's nuts. I mean, that is remarkable wow. research, but that I also is... think maybe he just meant he's going to make him a good dancer with Jennifer Critt. We don't need <laughs> okay. you anymore, Jensen. What about Alice.
7: this? Killshot is a movie about a veteran assassin hunting down a guy named Coulson. That's Machine Gun Kelly's little name. I mean, okay. we know what
10: Eminem is doing holed up in his Detroit mansion he now. He Googling
7: yes. stuff left and right. Uh, but okay. the cool
10: thing is, just yesterday, I mean, I, this might be coming down. I don't know why Eminem would continue to do this, because Machine Gun Kelly went on stage at a concert wearing the logo of Killshot that Eminem put out of, uh, of Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly's head in a crosshairs. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly sees this as the marketing tool that he needs, so if I was Eminem, I would back away. At the same time, Machine Gun Kelly has another completely different beef going on with g over Halsey, the pop star, uh, Iggy Azalea came in and did a tweet saying the Eminem uh, battle uh, re- response wasn't very good. So the Caucasian meter is very, very high right now.
9: Yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest,
7: Machine Gun Kelly is opening up for Fallout Boy just for another added white <laughs> bonus in
8: there. Yeah. Allie did the research. I'm wow! Just saying. All right, last yeah, this question. This whole thing sounds like
10: a Skechers ad. <laughs> says,
8: last question. Eminem obviously still has very formidable rap. Skills. Yes. If he could just find something that we care about to rap about, it would be yeah. great,
10: right? It's very difficult. As a 46-year-old man, I'm 38 myself and used to be a rapper. And I, I, I always say uh, it's difficult to find many words to rhyme with mortgage uh, <laughs> or, 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 or tax credit. Um, these are all very difficult things to rap out. Uh, gray hairs. But Jay-Z does it. Yeah, he's, he's an anomaly. I mean, he really, truly is. Someone like Jay-Z uh, has been able to make that crossover, but still people make fun of him for talking about art and museums. And I mean, people do still get their shots in, but yeah, it is, it is you, a one-in-a-million situation to become a rapper who's able to excel in their 40s.
8: Fantastic. Well, thank you for breaking down for us. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. By the way, follow him on Twitter at JensenClan. That's with a C, not the bad one. JensenClan88. And uh, we'll see you later in the week. I'm taking a, taking a vacation. Jensen, you're going to be sitting in for me soon. So we'll see you back on the show. All right, buddy? That's
10: right. See you soon. Take it, Jensen. Okay, thanks, man. Bye now.
8: This is the
5: Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock.
8: Let's take a look at last night's Emmy broadcast,
6: which may still be on. I'm not sure. I got to tell you, Michael Che and Colin Jost. Uh huh who are the uh, weekend update hosts on uh, Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. not at
8: all funny to me no i heard again i didn't see it last night i heard that it looked like a one of those videos that you force a hostage to me yes <laughs> yeah to get money from the parents
6: and i always thought you know okay well maybe they're just under the crunch they have a whole just a week to get put together a whole thing sure. but for the emmys they'll have some time to prepare for uh-huh. stuff like this
10: i
3: don't know if you know this the first emmys were held back in
10: 1949 Things were very different back then. Gas was seventeen cents a gallon. Mm -hmm. A new home cost seven thousand dollars. And we all agreed that Nazis were bad. Mm, Yeah. yeah. See?
6: That's not a that's not a
8: terrible line. Right, but
6: is that what you're going for on the Emmys? Is not a terrible terrible line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it was just and that you could see exactly what they're going for, and there's a kernel of a great joke in there, but it's a first run at it. Yeah. Why not go ahead
7: and
8: and their pacing is very slow.
6: Really Very
7: dull. slow. And they wait for the other one to respond and laugh so they could look at them smugly. They F- just are so M- smug. They
6: really are. They find themselves oh. so funny. I don't know. It's just, here's another clip.
10: i to say a quick hello to the thousands of you here in the audience tonight and to the hundreds watching at home.
1: <laughs> Hi, Silver Lining Senior Center. You know who's not what my mother's not watching. What? Well, she said she doesn't like watching white award shows because you guys don't thank Jesus enough. <laughs> That's true.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a that wasn't a joke. No. It was just him saying that.
9: Yeah. <laughs> well, I,
6: why, why are they there?
7: Uh, now, let me... Uh, how come
6: they're there? Why are they
8: there? <laughs> What's the how come? Let me ask you this. Didn't they have a bunch of funny people come out and open the show before the host even came out, which made the host look even worse because they weren't as good as the people that started it? No, really, not even that, huh?
7: I didn't find the opening very funny either. It looked like they were doing a dress rehearsal. For the opening, because none of the dance moves were really dancey. The background was this, like, gray slate background. It seemed like they were like, okay, but during the show, we'll have a bunch of stuff back here. and It seemed like a run-through to me.
6: It was very Saturday Night Live-ish, where they don't really have time to polish it. Yes. And they're reading off the cue cards, and they're sort of making each other laugh. It was really... Yeah. It was the, I thought that was the wor- one of the worst award show hosts ever.
9: Yeah, it was not So at not least good. they
6: brought out uh, Maya and Fred. Oh,
9: dear.
8: And this, okay. Former SNL alum as well. Both very funny people.
6: Um, and this is, this is sort of what... Oh, that's the wrong one. I'm sorry, Chip. I'm looking for Maya and Fred. There you go. Yes.
1: So you guys know everything there is to know about the Emmys.
9: Okay.
1: <laughs> Great. <laughs> because there are so many nominees in so many categories. And we're going to be coming to you with a lot of questions tonight. You must have done research for weeks. Oh,
9: oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. So much research. Yeah. So
11: much research. It was like, this is
7: me normally, ah. And this is me researching.
10: She makes a face. Wow. So, so did you memorize it all, or do you have notes? We memorized it. We have it. notes.
11: Yeah, we made, a, we made a note for ourselves to memorize it.
1: <laughs> but, you know. Whoa. Well, it sounds like you guys are very prepared. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad it sounds like it. Yeah.
7: You know what? We're actually overprepared.
6: Yeah, it's like dial it back. You know, it's like TMFI, too much fascinating information.
10: Yeah,
11: too much.
10: This is
3: okay, tedious. well, when
6: we have
10: a question, we're going to come looking for you guys. Uh, you better, little man.
6: Uh... <laughs> okay, so they didn't yeah. even ask him a question. That was just the setup for the bit.
7: Yeah, at least they didn't go back to them. Often. Oh it was no. brutal. It was that
8: sounds I, rough, you
6: guys. It was
7: brutal. I laughed once though at the opening, you guys. Once. If I could just share this one joke because it was actually funny. But that's It
6: was it. in the middle of a dull joke.
7: Well, uh Michael Che <laughs> was talking about uh the handmaid's tale. He said it takes place in an imaginary future where an entire group of people are violently forced to work and make babies against their will. It's what black people call history. But then, see, that's funny. That's funny. But then he said, it's roots for white women. That's funny.
6: Right. That one line is funny. All right. Okay.
7: (laughs) That's all I had. That's all I laughed at. All right. So
6: the Oscars Uh, director got up and won Best Directing for for another award show Mm -hmm. or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And no one saw this coming.
8: I'm really grateful to be here, uh, but it's bittersweet. Uh, the person most proud at this moment would be my mom, and she passed away just two weeks ago. I, uh, my Part of my heart is broken. I don't think it will ever be repaired, but um, she's in me, and
9: she always will be. Mom always believed in finding the sunshine in things, and she adored my girlfriend, Jan. Jan, you are the sunshine in my life. And
8: Mom was right. Don't ever let go of your sunshine. You wonder why I don't like to call you my girlfriend? Because I want to call you my wife.
6: Oh, and I'll tell you what. Here's the thing: is that if you sort, of,
7: if you knew that that was coming, mm-hmm. you're
6: going, okay, we don't need another public. This was the first
7: time that everyone woke up. Yeah. And people jumped up. Benedict Cumberbatch jumped up. He was like clapping over his head. Seeing people's reaction to this moment that no one expected. Sort of
6: heartbreak mixed with beauty. It was an amazing moment. I loved it.
8: That's the first time I've heard it sound like there was an audience in the room.
6: Yes. Because (laughs) that's the first time
7: they remember anything happening. Yeah. They're like, whoa, what's happening? We're waking up.
6: So that was one highlight. And then the other for me was Henry Winkler.
9: Oh, Henry insane.
6: Winkler winning his first Emmy. Yeah. In I don't know how many years, and he gives this speech. Okay. I only have 37 seconds. I wrote this 43 years ago. Okay. <laughs>
8: okay, can I just say, Skip Brittenham said to me a long time ago if you stay at the table long enough, the chips come to you, and tonight I got to clear the table. If you get a chance to work with Bill Hader or Alec Berg, run, don't walk. Thank you for producing us, for creating us, for directing us, and, and for um, Bill for acting with us and all of our wonderful writers. Sherry Thompson and uh, wonderful Sharon. Sherry Goldberg, an extraordinary publicist. Uh, uh, Cliff and Aaron and Chris who represent me for, almost for the first time I feel represented. I can't <laughs> stop yet. My wife, Stacy. Oh my God, my cast and crew. And, and the kids, kids, Jed, Zoe, and Max, you can go to bed
7: now. Daddy won!
8: Oh. <laughs> Aren't his kids like 40?
5: And wasn't it
7: the first award of the night? And it's it 5 p.m.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
6: <laughs> uh beer mug is in the studio, and right. he's standing in front of a microphone. He was he was invited. Should I turn it on? Yeah,
8: Muggs, is, just... Muggs is, uh, he's invited guests. He's invited. Okay. We wanted him to, to have all him right. come in here. Always checking. Someone needs to fill
6: Kevin in on these things. Seriously. <laughs> oh, lady. I'm very filled in on this. <laughs>
7: How are you, Muggsy? I'm all right. I'm feeling great. Uh, That's I'm feeling a microphone <laughs> oh. in front of you. <laughs> but we're on the
6: radio. We're supposed to project, right? right? But...
7: Holy crap, you're screaming. Am I screaming? I don't know why you're... I'm all right, bud. <laughs>
6: this coffee is great. Holy crap.
9: Wow. Muggs, did you, uh, is great. <laughs>
6: yeah,
8: no kidding. <laughs> did you happen to watch the Dodgers game last night with your mom?
6: I did not watch it with my mom uh, because I didn't want any of her negativity rubbing off on negativity. me. Negativity? Mm. She's the Dodgers' biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, so I had to leave the house and uh-huh. watch it elsewhere.
8: Oh, okay. All right. Well, it worked out for everybody then. Hit it, Steve.
5: Mama mugs, mama, 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 mugs, mama, 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 mugs. She's one badass, too. Mugs she hates the Dodger blue it's time for muggs. give me some muggs.
8: Lime. <laughs> We don't uh, check in very often because we get so much hate mail when we do but uh, Beer Mugs' <laughs> actual mom joins us on the phone on K-Rock right now Hello my dear how are you
11: Good morning I'm fine
8: Thank you so much for getting up early and talking to us. We appreciate it. Did you watch the game last night?
11: Yes, I did from beginning to end. How does
6: it make you feel to hear that your son had to leave the house to
11: watch the game (laughs) anywhere else? Well, I don't blame him because my big thing is no lead is big enough.
9: Right. Even
11: with eight runs, I was nervous that they were going to catch up.
8: <laughs> it was an eight to two game. The Dodgers dominated from the first inning. Didn't Jock Peterson hit a leadoff homer, and they never looked back.
11: Yep. Yes, that's right. I don't okay. know the
6: statistics, but I would guess eight to two is a pretty difficult to overcome margin in not baseball. Not with the
8: Dodgers. And with everyone, they the, <laughs> not everyone. with the Dodgers. They're in first place, Mama Mugs. They're in first place. You can't do any better than that by a half game. They right. can do
11: better than that. There's a couple of weeks left, right? Yeah, there's
8: a couple of weeks left. And by the way, they have the Giants coming up, which is going to be no sweat. Arizona, I think they can take take most of those games. I mean, their schedule is not insurmountable is what I'm telling you.
11: The San-, San Diego and San Francisco play them hard. They love right. to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Okay, And even if they're not in the running for playoff games, they love to destroy them.
8: Be the spoiler, right. All right, What's the last time we talked to you, you had some real concerns about some of the players on the team. Who are you worried about at this point as we start to really seriously think about the playoffs?
11: Well, I, I worry about all of them because they're streaky hitters, the relief pitchers are streaky, and there's only 11 games left. So I worry about all of them. Like league was on fire. But let me
6: ask you a question: Isn't that true of every team? Doesn't every team have players that you worry about because it's getting down to the end of the season?
11: Yes, but they could have been in a much better position had they not had streaky uh, Mm. players.
6: Had they played perfectly,
8: you mean? Yes, I see (laughs) where you're going. Had they never lost a game, Kevin, (laughs) it would be better. Uh, You are right about Yaciel Puig. He is way too far into this league to be still kind of making the base running errors that he's making. And that's that's one day that's going to cost you an important game.
11: Yes, and uh, he's a very streaky hitter. The other day, he hit three home runs, and that was fabulous. But uh, yesterday, he didn't do very much.
8: When you look around the potential opponents in the, in the postseason and even beyond into the World Series, what teams are you most worried about, Mama Mugs? Chicago. Really? Hmm.
11: Yeah, they're the number one in their division, and they're tough. Atlanta is number one, and Chicago are number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but I worry about Chicago. If they play Atlanta, they have a chance. If they play Chicago, it's tough.
8: So, if they play Chicago, you fear they won't even get out of the out of the first round of the playoffs.
11: Yes, that's my but belief.
6: You said it's tough. You didn't say impossible, which is, I think, growth well, for you.
11: I'm, <laughs> So you specific- I always leave a little leeway there. You don't normally.
6: No, you don't yeah. get all... Never,
8: ever. Doesn't happen. <laughs> Mama Bugs, now that we're, uh, you know, a whole season uh, behind, have a whole season behind us after that terrible seventh game loss in, in the World Series, don't you think that is the kind of thing, though, because you've got all the same guys back, don't you think that's the kind of thing that's going to really just push them even harder to make sure they don't feel that heartbreak again?
11: I just want them to get into the World Series, and then I can relax a little bit. And then they wow. can do what
6: they want. Put put Mama Mugs on the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> what are you talking about? They can relax if they get into the World Series. Who's ever heard of that? Yeah.
11: No, they <laughs> can yeah. relax because they were there, because this is a very hard stretch they're going through. Right. And if it weren't for Kenta Maeda, they would be much fu- uh, further ahead.
9: Mm.
8: So you but- don't like Kenta Maeda?
11: I like him, but he has a heart condition and he can't play You're that often. Of, uh, and when he does play, it's not like lights out anymore.
3: You mean Kenley Jansen? You said Kent? to I I'm
11: sorry, Kenley, Kenley Jan- Jansen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. She, she hates, hates heart can't conditions. Rely on <laughs> Kenley Jansen. Sorry.
8: Heart conditions are the worst. Right? Awful. That's Hate bad it. Guy, right? Jans- so, are you able? Heart. Are you able to enjoy the last eleven games?
11: No. Are you them? I'm, I'm going to sit on the edge of the sofa and bite my nails. Okay,
6: but at the end of last night's game, for example, when the last out happened and it was 8 to 2, did you go, yes?
11: I thank goodness that they won and was okay. nervous in the ninth inning because they, you know, could always lose. Right,
6: but they didn't. We're talking about <laughs> the past now. They won.
11: That game's I over. No. Okay.
6: Right, but what but if they go back, they Kevin? Say
11: Tonight they face a very tough pitcher, right. Freeland who won fifteen games and lost only seven and yeah. uh he is a tough pitcher so okay. All right. Here we go again. Right? Mugs? Oh. Here we go again.
8: <laughs> Mugs, how did you end up being such a sunshiny, uh, optimistic guy growing up in a house with Mama Mugs?
6: I just was just trying to do the opposite of what Mama Mugs did <laughs> my whole life. Oh, so you're a Dodger fan. Yes.
8: Oh, I got you. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm sure we'll talk to you as we get into the playoffs, Mama Mugs. We love you, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
11: Thank you.
5: Bye. Mama Mugs, Mama. Mama mama mugs, mama mama mugs, she hates the Dodger Blue. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock.
6: You guys are so lucky you didn't just hear Michael Snyder's talking.
9: Seriously? <laughs> I thought it was a become? great idea. A genius idea. <laughs> genius <laughs> <but> idea. <Wow. laughs>
8: On brand, uh, right? Right. <laughs> Our friend Michael Schneider is the executive editor of IndieWire and editor at large at Variety. He also should have hosted last night's 70th annual
3: Emmy Awards, but he did not get the call. How are you, sir? I did not get the call. I am good. First off, I want to say I want to give Kevin a shout out and say thank you. Kevin. I downed, I downloaded the Radeon Durf Com <laughs> app.
9: <laughs> I've been listening to
3: K Rock HD two, Freddy Snakeskin <laughs> since then. It's a great app. I see I knew. What you were getting at. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Most good. people didn't see that yeah, far ahead. Yeah. Right. RadionDurfcom. <laughs> Download <laughs> it today. Yeah, I like it.
8: <laughs> so, Michael, um, you were in the press room last night. Uh, you got a chance to see all the stars up close when they came back after they won their statues.
3: Good time. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, uh, there, were, there were some great stories. Henry Winkler, I know you guys were talking about He's earlier. He's the greatest. He, he is also just one of the greatest, like, in Hollywood, period. The yeah. nicest guy. Just so, the nicest
6: human being. And a lot of times that doesn't go together with Hollywood. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. So when the nice guys win, it's yes. really great. And did you see he even on Instagram posted a photo of him and Ron Howard? I, know, I love that. I love yeah, it. yeah so great reunion stories so there were there were some interesting stories last night uh, a lot of unexpected wins a lot of disappointment a lot of surprises mm-hmm. uh, well- we were talking earlier, Michael, that some of these categories were so stacked that you were always going to disappoint somebody because yeah.
8: there were just too many great performances in some of these categories.
3: Yeah, yeah, and some of these categories could have done with like three or four more nominees, too, because they still snubbed a lot of people, but, right. you know, so, so you, you weren't going to lose, no matter what, uh, a lot of great shows, but nonetheless, I was I was disappointed that Atlanta was, was blanked. Hey, you know, it should have gotten... A lot more than, than what it did. It was
8: 0 for 16 last night.
3: Yeah, it was. Right? Th- that was surprising because it had done so well the previous year, and I really was expecting to pull off a win in comedy.
7: Agree. Um, Season two was even stronger than season one. Yeah yeah, by a Teddy
9: Perkins, of course. Teddy Perkins, let
7: alone Brian Tyree Henry, the Woods episode. Yeah. Phenomenal. Let's
8: talk about Teddy Perkins for a minute because this is something (laughs) we haven't so uh, for folks who don't watch Atlanta, they did an episode where Donald Glover was dressed up playing essentially a Michael Jackson character. By the way, Drudge Report headline this morning, black actor in white face at Emmys. You know they're going to try to turn it into some sort of race thing, right? Oh, jeez. So last night in the audience was this character. And people, I guess, were thinking it it was Donald Glover. I heard a rumor that it was uh, Lakeith Stanfield well, under, the, under the makeup.
3: And the thing is, both of those actors were there in the audience. They oh. took photos, mm-hmm. they were on the red carpet as well. So that that's why the mystery's continuing. Oh. At first, we thought, yeah, it was Donald Glover, and we were hoping Atlanta would win so he would show up on stage as Teddy Perkins. <laughs> but you're right, he, he was there in the audience as Donald Glover, as was Lakeith. So why the mystery did they is do still there. That? Well, I think because we're talking about it today, sure, right? just to be I wacky, mean, it's, publicity, it's yeah, total performance art. I mean, it's the t- it's it's like the Tony Clifton of our time mm-hmm. now. I think Good so. reference, good <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'll explain it to you after the I'm break. Go, go, Kevin. Go back Thank you. Years, <laughs> go back a few years.
8: Um, so, so most of America though was going, "Who's that freak show in the audience?" They had no idea what was going on.
3: Right? At least they were talking about it, right? Yeah. Because there was there was more entertainment, I tell you, from the winners and from the people in the audience than there actually was from the. Host Amen. Oh man no kidding and the, the, it was the audience and it was the presenters it was the winners who saved that show I
6: feel like Saturday night live Saturday night
3: lived that show which made it much worse well and I heard you guys talking about how it felt kind of like a dress rehearsal it did. and it the opening number did. was it painful. wasn't even great you agree. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. even
6: fine-tuned. You couldn't even tell that this is a big deal and they put more
7: effort into it.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's just I, sort of
7: like oh, we will wing it. I It'll think be so, fine.
3: some of the pacing that might work on weekend update might not necessarily work hosting an award show.
7: And doesn't work on weekend Update. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> well, being well. honest. Their <laughs>
3: timing sounded awful. As
8: Ali pointed out, they just stopped and waited for the other host to react before they moved on. Or the audience. It, killed, it just killed every bit of momentum. Now I know the show was on NBC and they liked to promote nBC stars was there no one else they could think of other than Michael Che and Colin Jost to host that thing well, that's on NBC? You
3: know, in theory, the idea of giving it to the SNL folks, giving it to Lauren Michaels, not a bad idea. I mean, SNL Take it easy. is <laughs> 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 no, but but seriously, SNL is still uh, it's a phenomenon. It's it's winning all these Emmys. It's the only broadcast show that seems to be winning Emmys these days. People still do watch it. They've got a great cast. I mean, Kate McKinnon, uh, you know, A.D. Bryant. The list goes on. Do you watch let, it? Let, let it them host it then. I do watch SNL regularly. Uh, it's just not good.
2: Well, oh, that's it's, not true Kevin. It's
3: it's hit or miss, but you know, I think they've had more hit than miss lately. I, I'll defend I SNL a little bit. Uh but it, it, and uh, you know, maybe if they had had the entire cast do more and not rely so much on Michael Che and, and Colin Jost it would have been a different story. But, you know, it was it is nice what to it see is.
8: Kate McKinnon. It was nice to see um uh what's his name? Uh tw- Keena Thompson? Keena Thompson, yeah. yeah. Nice to see Keena Thompson up there doing things. I mean, I guess that was the idea, is spread the Saturday Night Live around, but it did seem a little bit undercooked for sure. Yeah, and they should have spread it around a little bit
3: more. So... Mm-hmm. What was wrong with Fred and Maya? Why was that such a oh. di-
8: disaster?
3: Yeah, you know, again, I think they, they they're an acquired taste. They're very dry, both of them, especially Fred Armisen. So what might work in a sketch on, say, Portlandia, might not necessarily work on a broad award show. Here's a mm-hmm. tiny uh, clip of this. Them. All right,
10: everyone, it is time to check in again with Fred and Maya. Are you guys ready this time?
1: Absolutely. Yep, let her rip. Uh, are you ready or are you eating salad? I don't know salad, detective. Wow. Well, Colin and I were just wondering, has there ever been a tie at the Emmys? Yeah, you're wearing one.
11: Thank you, good night.
1: You good?
3: Oh, <laughs> you know? Oh my God. I think that weirdly actually plays better as audio than, than watched it last the, night. The You Good I found funny at the end yeah. of every one of those, but
6: those were such giant wastes of time. It's like if you're going to pick that to be your
3: centerpiece, Put something into yeah. it. Well, you know what's interesting too is actually they were speeding through the awards yeah. relatively fast, so they actually had some extra time. Did you notice at the end of the night, Will Ferrell actually came out and slowly walked to the microphone? I thought he was microphone. doing that just to take the the time away from the hosts. Well, <laughs> I was <laughs> applauding. I think there was something to be said that they were actually a little long, a little short, rather. So they they probably told Will, you know what, you can stretch it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so forty five
7: minutes in, it. I wound up tweeting, this thing's going to be over by six. Yeah, because <laughs> they
9: were going
7: through it. Yeah. Which yeah. I kind of respected that they didn't do the long intros and here's this clip, here's this clip. It was just clip, 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 presenter award. Yeah, you
3: know what they did, interestingly and different, uh, is they actually showed the nominees before they brought out the presenters. Yes. right, which I,
6: which I felt was to shorten the show well, song. And exactly. It worked, but they would still come out and do the ridiculous banter about half the time. So now when they open the envelope, you're like, I don't even remember what category we're in now. <laughs>
10: right, right. And they, they forgot to announce the nominees. Like, what's
8: going on here?
3: It was a little jarring it a little It was bit. weird.
8: Yeah. All right. We have to take a very quick break. Michael Schneider is here, executive editor of IndieWire, editor-at-large at Variety. We're talking about last night's 70th annual Emmy Awards. We haven't really even talked about the winners. We'll do some of that when we return with Michael right after this on K Rock.
5: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock.
8: Our friend Michael Schneider is in studio with us. Follow him on Twitter at Franklin Avenue, also indiewire.com, Variety.com. He was at the Emmys last night. We haven't talked much about the winners, Michael, and I, I guess I have to start with this question on behalf of about 290 million Americans. When they if they tuned into the show last night, they thought. What the hell is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and why is it winning all these awards?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. At the start of the night, Barry won a couple, and, and I ain't mad at it. I love Barry. You know, right. Bill Hader's fantastic. And then Maisel started winning a bunch, and those two shows have in common is that they're both about performers. They're both about acting, about Hollywood, and Hollywood loves itself some Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you actually give uh, voters a chance uh, in Hollywood to, to vote on a show about their own profession, I guess. They're going to vote for their own profession. Do
6: you think, like the Oscars seem to run into problems with picking all smaller movies that most people haven't seen, do you think they're going to run into this with the Emmys because there's so many different pay services and different sites to stream on? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's the debate and and I don't know what the answer is because, you know, these are some really good shows, but yeah, it's it's there a lot of them are on streaming services or on premium cable. Yeah, I'm, not, or,
6: I'm not saying not deserved at all. I'm yeah. just saying hard to find or you haven't found it yet for yeah, yeah. the
3: most part. And I think that's just the way it's it's going to be now because there are 500 scripted shows yeah. on TV and there are thousands of reality shows and and uh, what I want to watch is very different from what you want to watch and that's that's not going to change. So there's no consensus show anymore that everybody Watching. There aren't many broad shows. I mean, you know, This Is Us was was a pretty big show, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for NBC on a broadcast network. But you don't see many broadcast network shows get this kind of honor anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the list of what Maisel
8: beat for Outstanding Comedy Series, and all of them are on pay services streaming services with the exception of blackish that was the only network show that was nominated in that category and in fact it, it, except for Saturday Night Live that you mentioned earlier and the Oscar telecast broadcast TV won nothing else last night
3: right it completely zipped out and and for for a network for like ABC for example which is a Titan broadcast network, that Oscar win was the only win that it got. You know, n- none of its shows won CBS only got two Emmys overall. So it's a different world now. And it's, it's a little almost awkward now watching the Emmys on a broadcast network when there are no broadcast shows <laughs> being honored on that telecast.
8: What's the sh- What's the, uh, the, the primetime broadcast show you think really
3: is getting rooked. Would it be, this is us. Is that the one that you- that ought to be winning Emmys right now? Uh, you know, you mentioned blackish. That's, that's a great show. Uh, so so i could see that winning something the good place uh, i wouldn't have been mad if ted danson had won uh, you know i think a good place deserves more and maybe we'll get some as that show carries on uh, you know there still are some really good broadcast shows it's just they're they're being totally eclipsed by the kinds of shows that you can do on streaming maybe you only have to do eight episodes and so you do your eight best episodes as opposed to 22 episodes on, on network
8: a lot of people thought the last Game of Thrones season, and that aired in what, like 2001 or something? <laughs> was I was in
3: high school. Yes. Was
8: subpar for Game of Thrones compared to previous seasons, yet it still won Best Drama last night.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, HBO still does a really good job of, of uh, promoting its shows with uh, awards. Uh, you know, Thrones only won a couple last night, so, so Dinklage won uh, for Supporting Actor. But then when it wasn't picking up any of the other awards, I thought, well, maybe this does uh, leave the door open for the American. To win in its final season or, or Handmaid's Tale to repeat. Uh, and, and interestingly, Handmaid's Tale didn't get anything last night. Yeah. Uh, Americans got a couple, so that's great. It got for writing and also for Matthew Reese, so I was happy about that.
6: For all of these wins, do they have to have a, a push? Do they have to spend money on it? Do they have to be supported? Like literally, they have to put them in front of the people's face to vote for it.
3: It seems to help to some degree, and campaigning has gotten way out of control. It's it's crazy the amount of campaigning. It's it's like the Oscars now in terms of the amount of events that they do, the money that folks like Netflix and HBO spend. But there is some payoff. Uh, you know, I got to say, for example, uh, you know, Henry Winkler did a great job campaigning. He he did every podcast, every interview. He showed up at every. Event uh, People love Henry Winkler, but it was a nice reminder for, for voters who may not have watched Barry that, hey, Henry Winkler's here. He's a national treasure. You should vote for him. Right. So I think that helped.
8: And by the way, if, if you haven't watched Barry, you're a bad person. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. It's so, it's so good. Um, all right. One more thing, and then I have a final question for you, Michael, and that is I did not see the show last night because the Seahawks were on Monday Night Football, and that was a disaster of a different kind. But <laughs> – Uh, Kevin and Allie tell me that Betty White is starting at 96 to lose a step. And that makes me very, very nervous.
3: Yeah, yeah. Did it
6: strike you that way? Because to me, I know she's really old, but the whole thing has been she's super sharp and she's not showing her age. And it seemed like last night I was a little bummed because although she's 96, she's starting to... Sound and act like she's Start,
3: starting to act like she's ninety six. Yeah. Of course, that's going to happen. Yeah. But it's just sort of a little bummer. Yeah, because a couple years ago she could still host a show. Right. She mm-hmm. she had a show on NBC. So you're you're right. I was a little, dis- a little It's sad. kind of a bummer. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's
6: coming. Of course, it should have happened ten years ago. But
3: no, yeah. it's not coming. It's not coming. Because <laughs> <there> she's <laughs> <are, laughs>
8: fine. Betty's
6: fine. There <laughs> okay, are
3: a easy. lot of these like ninety year olds who are still at the top of their game. Norman Lear, a good yeah. example. I mean, he's still sharp as a tack.
8: Look it's, at uh, Dick Van Dyke in the Mary and the Mary oh. Poppins trailer. Oh, the
7: the excitement.
8: (laughs) (laughs) There are still some old people out there getting it done. Betty has done her. She's done her part. Oh, agreed. She's done her
4: part. Agreed.
8: All right, uh, does it matter that the, we're going to get an announcement any minute now that the ratings were down again for the Emmys
3: l- last night? Does that even matter, or is, it, or is it just it's built in now to the story? It's built in now to the story. It's inevitable. Okay. It's just the, the way it goes. And, and and again, it's it's true for all of these award shows because there are other options. There's so much TV. I mean, you were watching the Seahawks last night, a bean. So it's everyone's.
9: You just a bean, you. Yeah, that's a whole
3: other thing we got to talk about online. Well, you are from Hawaii, yeah. so I'm sure you take a great oh, interest in my ukulele lessons. I, I listened to that segment with great concern, but we were talking about that offline. Okay. Being...
8: All right. Very good, sir. Uh, where should we go for all of your outstanding coverage of the Emmys last night, Michael?
3: Uh, IndieWire.com, IndieWire on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, all that good stuff.
8: You're the best, man. Thanks
5: for coming in. bong. Bong, bong. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K R O
8: Q. Hallie's here now with another look at what's happening on a Tuesday.
7: Well, early numbers: the 2018 Emmy Awards are down around 10 percent from last year. That's according to early data. We'll know much more when they do the whole time zone adjustments for. Thanks, the Nation, right. right? Thanks, Michael Che. Right. <laughs>
6: Those guys were as bad as we thought they were going to be. Oh,
7: yeah, they were. I feel pretty good about it. What? That's such a bummer. Allie, you were delighted. I was delighted. I know you guys think I'm awful for wanting to be right about them being horrible, but my Oh, no, I believe they're horrible. I just
6: thought maybe they could
7: step it up because it's the Emmys. You wanted them to. Yes. That's the difference between you and I. And I (laughs) was (laughs) wrong. I just wanted them to remain sucky so I could just be correct.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry I watched it, but I fell asleep. Mm.
7: Uh, He might have been... Correct in that. No. Yep. For the first time ever. Guys, SNL coming back for their forty fourth season. It's premiering on September twenty ninth. All right. Would you like to know who the guests are? Uh sure. Adam Driver will will be hosting.
8: Okay. All right.
7: uh, We'll be a second time hosting. Yeah, he was pretty good last time. Is Adam Driver your season premiere guest? No. That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised.
8: Guest host, no, I'm surprised yes. at that as well. I mean, he's a big star, right? But usually, you want big star power.
7: You, you
6: want, want Jennifer
8: to... Lawrence or somebody, or yeah. you
6: know, and where's like she that. been? Yeah, and there's usually a tie into a huge project that's going right. on, you know, So they're topical or whatever. All right. I know
7: is, uh, Black Klansman was the last thing yeah. he was in. Maybe is something coming out in a couple weeks. I don't know about, but musical guest Kanye West. That will be his seventh appearance on the yeah! show. But I was thinking about um, someone that could host the show as well as be the musical guest. Right. Who has a really big movie coming out the following weekend.
6: Okay. Uh,
7: did they not think about Lady Gaga? Or maybe she's just maybe too busy promoting. The following weekend Might be the following weekend. I don't know. But it's the season premiere. Adam Driver? I mean, I love you, Kylo Ren. But...
8: I agree it's a little underwhelming. Yeah, I agree. Mm. But Kanye, by the way, um, as over him as I am in some aspects, he's so unpredictable. You have to tune in to see what he's going to do.
7: That's something that some people would say. Yeah,
8: <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of thing I
6: might tape. And uh-huh. then if I hear it was weird or amazing, then I might then fast watch forward it. through it.
7: OK. All right. Well, there you go. You, you won't watch you it, it. You'll fast take... forward through yeah, it. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, we're all going out on limbs here, aren't right. we? Amazing. Right. Well, Julie Chen is stepping down from the talk on CBS. This is one week after her husband, Les Moonves, left the CBS Corporation under pressure, they're Mm -hmm. saying in this article. Some pressure, yeah. A bit. A bit of pressure. So her decision is effective immediately. She's going to address the decision through a videotaped message to viewers on today's episode. So she's not even showing up to say, this will be my last one. Goodbye. Mm. Thank you. So she quit at halftime. Well, yeah. I don't know
6: that I would say Uh, that.
7: It's interesting, though. Seems
6: like her hand was forced, perhaps.
7: And all the ladies on the talk were saying they want transparency. They want to know the findings of this investigation with Les Moonves. Sharon Osbourne walked back her support of her husband. So I imagine it wouldn't be the most comfortable set to return to even for just the announcement. So I I get that, but... Come on. The sources um, say she will still continue to host the CBS reality show Big Brother. I'm not sure if you saw it last week. Julie Chen, that goes by Julie Chen, decided to end the show with "Good night from me, Julie Chen Moonves. For the first time ever, she said his name. Is that right? Which was, you know, a nice little flip off, not only to the victims, but also to the network Mm. as well. So, don't know how long her contract is at Big Brother, but I can't imagine that the people at CBS were like, "Oh, I get I see what
8: you did there." I have Kudos. a question.
6: Mm-hmm. Um Big Brother's still on? <laughs>
8: Apparently so. it is it's a 800th, big hit. Is it really being season? a big hit. Yeah. Every every summer it's a top 10 show. It's
7: Insane. Huh. I don't huh. get it.
8: Mm. I don't either. Mm.
7: Mm. Mm. Remember um when we found out that Roseanne was going to be dead? On the show.
2: Yes. That's yes.
7: how they were gonna do it because it was John Goodman that said in an in an interview, he's like, I mean, I guess I'm gonna be sad because my wife died, and everyone's like, um I'm sorry, that's how they're gonna I don't think you were supposed to with that in the So Rosanna's taking it a step farther. She was on a YouTube show and she shared that her character will die from an opioid overdose. So she's saying how she's going to die mm-hmm. on the show, which okay, that's a I nice
6: don't... plot point to spoil, I guess, for fans. I guess I have a I have a question though. Does anyone care that much? No, because are well, dying. Fan, we understand she's not going to be on the show, mm-hmm. and she's dying. Does it matter how? It does. I think it matters how.
8: Huh? I mean, I think that's a that's a plot point that you if you if you are invested in the story in the storyline, that's something you don't want spoiled ahead of
9: time. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
7: Hmm.
8: But I know Hmm. she wasn't happy about it. She thought it was a a terrible idea.
7: Yeah, she said, "Um, there's nothing I can do about it. It's done. It's over. Yeah, they killed her. (laughs) Okay. All right. How do you guys kind of did did they?
8: She was clearly the star of the show. She was the draw for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Do you think there'll be enough interest in the supporting cast, as good as they are, to continue to stick with that show without Roseanne? That's tough for me to answer because I never liked that show because of Roseanne. But yeah, John ever. Goodman is so good, yeah, he's and Corey right. Metcalf is so good. Yeah. I mean, they, they they do have a good supporting cast. I just wonder if this if it holds without a center.
7: Yeah, don't I don't know. I mean, time will tell. Am I right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know why I did that for you. <laughs> Let's talk about some birthdays. Jada Pinkett Smith, James Mar- Marsden, Jason Sudeikis, Aisha Tyler, and Brazilian soccer player Ronaldo. And that's what's happening.
5: The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop blinds.com right now and save up to forty five percent. Up to forty five percent off for a limited time at blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
8: Allie, yeah, you, you, your family is uh, has Boston roots.
7: Yeah, I'm the only one in my whole family that was born in California. How about? Yeah, my parents moved out here in the late sixties. For what was going to be three years stayed about 30 okay <laughs>
8: so i
7: guess the question
8: that was asked on the daily show recently and they mm-hmm. sent a uh, national treasure Wood R- 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 jr to boston to figure it out is why is your city so racist you have any <gasps> thoughts on that why is boston <laughs> so racist
7: i shouldn't laugh but it does, is, it, does are they have, racist? it does have that reputation it does. it's uh-huh. a very um blue collar kind of town right and, uh,
6: and yeah. white face but blue collar doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean racist, does it? No,
9: it's no. Essex. But white
8: face on top of blue collar—I don't know—it's a combination. Well, let's see how the Daily Show handled it. Here's how the
1: piece started: Boston, home to Mark Wahlberg, Donnie Wahlberg, and all—all all of the rest of the Wahlbergs. And by the way, the graphics that they put up <laughs> included
8: not only Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who are from Boston, but Leonardo DiCaprio, Gen- Jeremy Renner,
1: like every white dude they had they had coming from Boston. It's also home to Spotlight. The team of Boston Globe reporters who exposed the city's church sex scandal. I'm here because the spotlight team has been asking another uncomfortable question. How racist is Boston? For decades, people have called Boston racist for numerous reasons. The Red Sox were the last baseball team to integrate. Bostonians violently resisted desegregation. Even in 2017, fans at Fenway Park called Adam Jones the N-word. I mean, come on with the come on, right? On that. Yeah,
7: that's not good.
1: That's not good. And all this got spotlight curious. Reporter Akilah Johnson.
0: So we wanted to look at why does Boston have the racist reputation and why does it deserve it?
1: How do you measure racism? Well, you do it in a... Right. Ra- like how many times the N-word is said in a day? Like no. a negrometer? No. <laughs> <The> N-word <laughs> negrometer.
0: No. Okay. So one study we found... Showed that the median net worth of white families in Boston was $247,500. Holy All right. crap.
8: Wow. Really? $247,500 for white folks. This is going to blow your mind. Okay, Please.
7: that blows my mind. Yeah, that yes. really does. It
8: should blow your mind. Uh, I mean, you know it's it's got some of the richest counties. You know, Massachusetts has some of the richest counties in America. But still, two and a, you know, a quarter of a million dollars average? Okay, now that's white folks. Listen to black families. This this.
1: You're going to want a source.
0: Compare that to the median net worth of black families in Boston, which was
1: $8. What? Eight? Like counting in thousands? Like $8,000? No, just $8. Eight $8. Dollars. That's, that's not even a grande soy latte.
0: In essence, net worth is what you own minus what you owe. And black folks in Boston don't own a lot. Does that seem possible? It doesn't even seem no. possible, let it, alone...
8: Doesn't, but this is a reporter for the for the Boston newspaper who's saying it. I don't think she's in on a joke here. I think she's reporting it accurately. So Roy Wood Jr. did the only reasonable thing, which is to go down to Fenway Park and interview white people about whether <laughs> Boston is racist or not.
1: Huh? I wonder what they say. Surely the people of Boston must be feeling all that structural racism. To find out, I went to one of the city's most beloved cathedrals. Fenway Way Park.
7: I don't see that racism myself, honestly.
1: No, I don't think Boston's a racist city.
11: I think that we've got a lot of like attention with with our sports being in the media.
1: So Boston's racist reputation is a conspiracy formed by people who hate Boston sports teams for winning all the damn time.
11: Yes. They love to hate us.
1: <laughs> Come on, they hate us cuz they
11: hate us. <laughs> I
8: mean... That's a very Boston thing wow. to say, right? this how? is amazing all wow. right more white more white people
1: yeah I don't think if Boston is a racist city at all so how do you know
5: <laughs> I don't feel it.
1: You know, oh, it's just, a good,
5: I don't feel like it's
7: racist. I've just never encountered it. Huh. And these the are, spotlight all, yeah, these are, are all, all white
8: people? Those are all white okay, people. Interesting. Who, interesting. who aren't <laughs> feeling the racism. Ah, all right. Mm. So then he goes to another part of town and interviews maybe some people who have felt the racism. Huh.
1: The spotlight says the city has a race problem. Why haven't these Bostonians seen it? Ah, I get it. I've been asking the wrong people. If you want to know if Jurassic Park is safe, you don't ask the dinosaurs. It's not as racist as it used to be, but there are some blatant problems. A white person walks into a room in Boston. they don't want to think about that I'm the only white person here. On a scale of Jazzy Jeff
9: to <laughs> Jeff Sessions,
1: <laughs> how uncomfortable is it for black people? Tell me when to stop. All right, so he's moving his hand from one side to the other. To tell me when to stop. It's Jeff Sessions right here. Stop. Jazzy Jeff Thank or you. Jeff Sessions? So about, what's stop. That, about 60, 70% comfortability. Not stop. quite, hey boy, go home, stop. but... Definitely know not your was, uh, neighborhood
11: Know where you are allowed Know where you're wanted
9: Alright so wow. in, the fi- in the
8: final segment He decides that the only way to unite the city Is to create a uh, mascot Which is the, the woke uh, walrus That's the suit that he's wearing So he's wearing a big walrus <laughs> head And he's got a what looks like a Red Sox jersey That says woke on it So
1: he's trying to get a chant going To bring the people together What these people really needed was a mascot So I gave them one Introducing Wilkie the Walrus. Who's got the best baseball? Boston. Who's got the best football?
9: Boston.
1: Who's number one in creating a system where structurally black people don't always get the same opportunities?
9: Boston.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. So, yeah.
8: working already. I'm not sure if it's working already, but Roy Wood <laughs> oh, no. Jr. very funny on The Daily Show. You should watch the whole piece. Quick break. Christopher Titus joins his next on K Rock.
5: The Kevin and Bean Show world-famous K-Rock.
8: Christopher Titus.
5: Yeah? (laughs) <laughs> just
4: right, thanks thanks so for just stopping laid, in You laid that out there. Right, so thanks just, for having uh, me on, uh, guys. So I was uh, late. Okay. I felt yeah. like there was something
6: else coming. I don't know what happened. There.
4: Um You're finally here. Uh, so I came across the late guys, like I like I had stolen gold bars from Edward Norton today, <laughs> man. I broke every law. I was in the center section. There was a bike lane. There was a kid on a scooter and a motorized scooter and a bike lane that he just I was like, you don't matter. I gotta get camp and the <laughs> and, and, and I was still four <laughs> minutes late. And you guys are like, he's Titus is late to us. You're legends <laughs> and you guys are. You guys I, are I, from, from from the time I moved to LA. I feel Take like being
7: just meant you're finally here for the first time. Ah, that's yes, true.
4: That's too. what so, I too. Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I wasn't at all being critical of uh of you running late this morning. But, but I said no. this if I this is the first time I'm here after as long as I've been in this town, what did I do to irritate you guys 20 years ago? That's a great <laughs> question. That just paid off. Cuz well, I have like to
6: figure it out. I know we hated you, yeah, right? right? I remember but, I
4: remember that. Uh, I remember why? that. But sure. why did we hate you? Was it why your was it Dumb face? What it was dumb, it? Dumb, am I doing
7: TV shows? My TV show? That was great. I don't was, think so. I,
4: no, yeah, I don't think that was I'm this.
6: totally making up we hated him. I, I didn't. Oh, he was okay. asking what what well, happened, so I was just answering oh, no, a there's question. there's
4: something. There's, there's got to be. No, I'm saying there's got to be. But, <laughs> but <I'm laughs> we're good now. Okay. We're, okay. we're absolutely and good now. On our first date, I was late. See, so look at that. That's horrible. <laughs> Is it possible
6: that there was something and none of us remember it? That's possible. That's one hundred percent possible.
8: <laughs> um, you moved to L. A. in what? Nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, eighty-eight. Okay, eighty-eight. Did you? Did you come down to be an actor or to be a comedian?
4: Uh, I was already doing comedy. I came down to do both. Uh, and uh, uh, But uh, but actually, over the years, I've decided that I love comedy more than anything. So now this is my, my eighth special. Or, or, um, we just filmed, We just finished editing it yesterday. Uh, I, I just Comedy's like breathing to me, man. I just love doing it. Plus, no douchebag network executive lawyer who thinks he's creative can come in and go, we're canceling you. Right. Or, or some guy who's never written a joke, or written a script, can't walk in and go, hey, we don't think that's funny. Really? Can I see some of your material? How about can I see? one of your comedy specials <laughs> bag. and we've had and, and in Titus we had a bunch of the incidents like that where people would come in who had no idea about comedy and they would just go here's, well, here's what we want you to do well, we, had a, we had an incident on Titus once because we did Titus we did crazy stuff we did an episode where we got my dad to start drinking again called The Intervention we had an Sweet. intervention um, and so one guy came in and, uh, and we were doing this article we, we killed Stacey Keach at a casino based on a story that happened to my dad and I basically had a heart attack at a, at, while he was gambling mm. and he dies in the show and then we bring him back to life Kay. and it was kind of Oh, and then he goes towards the pearly gates. We do this flashback, and he gets to heaven, and, and they shut all the lights off, and they're like, shh. And, like They don't want to let him in. So it's so all this religious imagery and stuff. And, so we're waiting to get our butts handed to us right. uh, from the network executives. And this guy goes, you guys in the Bahamas, right? And the guy goes, so Cynthia Watrous, she can be wearing a bikini.
9: <laughs> and I go, what? Jeez. I go,
4: what? And he goes, yeah, uh, do me a favor. I need to see the bikini because we need to know that it's, it's small enough that we can get past standards, but also big enough so we can do. I was like, wow. that's So there's there's wow. a creative level of television. Wow. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, I hate everybody here. Uh, and hence in the next year when the new network president said we want to change the show, I was like, the F is your butt! <laughs> so and now I so that comedy you can't take it away from me. At the end of the day, stand up. You can. I can go. I can have two, an hour of material. Walk into any bar with fourteen people and still get some. You know, some some potato skins. You draw fourteen people. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's on a good night, my friend. A good night. and it's
8: still a rush for you. It's still super satisfying when you climb off the stage that you've done your bit.
4: Yeah, especially when it's a new... I, I always try to do new stuff. Like, I want to do... Like, this new show, Marageddon, is... Like, I, I started out writing an anti-Trump show, and, I, and I, the way I, where I was performing... I needed Kevlar's expensive. I just oh, found out yeah. Kevlar's ah. really expensive. Uh, the first night I broke it in, uh, I, I had written like forty pages, and I, I, I do. I've been doing this for thirty years. I don't. I don't check anywhere. I ask my agent, "Where am I going?" He goes, "Alabama." I was like, "No, that's a I great am not- place to debut." <laughs> a act, right? No, I am not going to Alabama. But I went there, uh, and and, it was re- and I was reading it off the paper, which is the, which I think that's what saved me because they 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 couldn't believe I could do that. They were like, "He looks at the paper and then says what it says." He's like a worlord <laughs> so uh, i'm sure they loved you down there first of <laughs> It's not to love. And so, so then what happened is the first joke. So, so the show started being an anti-Trump show. And I got, I got man, I got people standing up. Make America! Like it was the weirdest heckling. So I figured out, I, I was just preaching to the choir. So this new show that I wrote was I actually, the first joke I wrote that saved the show. I, I, I said, uh, I said you people, I, I go, you people that voted for Trump. I go, you guys, you, I, by the way, you're my fellow Americans. I love you. But you have to admit, when that man walks towards a microphone, you have anxiety, don't you? <laughs> and it gets a laugh. And there's two guys sitting right off to the left of me. And they both drop their heads and wait. Yes. And, and, I, and I realized that was the key to let them know that, hey, we, we understand that you guys blew it. You know you blew it. Because that's the problem with the country right now. Liberals are, liberals are like, we, we, there's, this, there's this weird high ground that they have. You guys are idiots. Now, some of these people are millionaires. They didn't want this guy to be this guy. Here's how I know we're all the same in America. You okay. ready? Yeah. All right. Everybody, no matter who you voted for, have had this happen. Someone walked up to you and said, did you hear what he said today? And you went, now nah, what? And, and, and then... No matter who the president is. Right. Yeah. And then they told you and you went, no way. And then you turn on the TV and it went, God damn it. <laughs> so we're all the same. So that's what the show's about, man. But you're still,
8: I mean, you're still like, I'm looking at where you're going this week. You're going to South Dakota. You're going to Kansas. You're going to Nebraska. You're still playing mostly Trump Positive cities, right? But that's where that's where the
4: show need that's where the show needs to happen. And okay, if, I, I, see. I, always, I I get on stage and I'll be like, if you left at one Obama fried chicken joke, you're going to laugh at some Trump jokes tonight. <laughs> and I go after everybody, you know, you know, uh, you know, because look, 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 the four candidates we had this last time, I could have picked four better candidates by throwing a tennis ball into a severe trauma brain injury ward. It wasn't a great group. <laughs> it was a Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, every man knows a dude like Ted Cruz, a guy Ugh. who just roams the earth with this sentence playing in his head all the time, no one's ever going to wipe a booger on me again. No one's ever going to wipe a booger on me again. And if they do, I'm going to tattle. <laughs> then you had Hillary, who's got this wake of bodies behind her, allegedly. I'm saying allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly, because sure. I don't want uh, you know, to... <laughs> you don't want to be that. You don't want to die. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be... Fa- I don't want to die in a suspicious one-car accident. Find, find me in an empty parking lot with trunk carpet fibers all over my body and a suicide note written in language I don't speak. Allegedly! <laughs> are you uh, are you
8: done with celebrity candidates and the reason I ask is yes. because there's all sorts of people like uh, Oscar De La Hoya and The Rock and people like that who are saying Kanye, who are saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about running down the road."
4: He opened the door for anybody with an ego. Yeah. He just you know, by the way, you, The Rock, you were a professional wrestler, and, right? And, and 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 you work out good, <laughs> and, 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 and and you made Vin Diesel look broody. But what else? <laughs> I mean, you're a nice guy, but why do you get to be? Pro- we need some professionals. Uh, ballers.
8: That's what else, Christopher Ballers. ballers. Is pretty,
4: I will say that ballers. I should run actually in the show. I run. I do. I do a uh, campaign speech for about five minutes. If you were president, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If I was, yeah. Pre- yeah. If I, if I was president, uh, I'm gonna. I'm okay. Transgenders. I want transgenders in the military. you kidding me? Okay, you had the balls to cut off your own balls. That's pretty ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my definition of courage. Actually, I can already that's see a, that out of a di- sticker. That's a directed individual wow, right there. who's is- a his platoon, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> and I will follow her anywhere. <laughs> uh,
8: we have to take a very quick break. Christopher Titus is here. By the way, the reason he is here is because he is in town tomorrow night. Uh, this is a great event that Brad Williams has curated that we've been doing for the past few months. Uh, why? Is he, is he not? No, he not he's been? curated it. Brad with a
4: bowler hat on going, yes, come see the comedy. We've <laughs> <laughs> And, and there's
8: nothing it. funnier than a midget in a bowler hat. <laughs> you, are, you
4: are not kidding me, man. <laughs> that is
8: the Hollywood Park Casino. It is going to be tomorrow night at 8 uh, o'clock. Christopher's on the bill along with Sarah Tiana, Carmen Rallis, uh Brad Williams, of course. You can buy your tickets at playhpc.com calm. Just 30 bucks, and that includes your first drink, by the way, which is a great deal. Play HBC.com. More with our guest right after this on K-Rock. It's the
5: Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock.
7: Allie, why do you always ask
5: people <sighs> so they enough. know enough. people that you know?
7: I always do, and Australians. I'm like, do you know Mark Chopper Reed, right?
5: It's stupid.
7: Right, but there are millions and millions and millions Did of people I really in Australia. Would you know Eric Nyman? Can I answer that question? Yeah.
8: I think maybe. A little bit. A little yeah. part of it. A little part of it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Unfortunately, poor Christopher Titus had to deal with Allie during the song, There, <laughs> yeah, It was all right. But he is uh, in studio with us, making an appearance at the K-Rock No Limit Comedy Night at the Hollywood Park Casino. That's tomorrow night. If you want to buy your tickets and you should, play hpc.com. It's a great lineup, including our friend Sarah Tiana, by the way. Also, Carmen Rallis and Brad, and Brad Williams. So, Chris, um, you were talking about how you love having the control of your career in your own hands because you can right. out and nobody can tell you what's funny. Right. Yeah, you are still doing a bunch of TV. You still show up on as Guest on shows and stuff like that, and you did your own movie last year
4: called Special Unit. Uh, but I did that because so no one could tell me what to do. I did, I, I literally <laughs> it was, wrote it and started it. I wrote and started, Special Unit. Uh, dude, and Brad, we're actually if we can make enough money on it, I'm going to have Brad Williams do a sequel. Uh, the, the, the Special Unit. Due to here's the premise. Due to the Fairness and Disabilities Act, the LAPD has to hire four handicapped undercover detectives, and, and I play Nick Nolte's mugshot. I play the worst cop. <laughs> I, he's an alcoholic. He's 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 taking protection money. He's when they, they're trying to get rid of. Him, but they can't because he's been there too long, so they give him these four, to, and we use real disabled actors, and it started, the reason I wanted to do it on my own this time is because we, in 06, we did a version of it for Comedy Central, and they it, it, it kept saying yes and no, and yes and no, it went on for eight months, wow. and then I found out one of the heads of Comedy Central had a kid who had autism, and they didn't like how far we went with the movie.
8: Well, you went, so started this started is the this reason series. I bring it up, is how are you still in show business after doing this movie? Why are you not being boycotted everywhere around the country?
4: Uh, because you can't deny the premise of it, you see, but I, the reason I did it is because I have a lot of friends that are actually disabled mm-hmm. and disabled people get treated three different ways they get made fun of behind their back they get made fun of to their face or they get ignored, which is the worst so my character does is my character is every hole i 've ever seen treat him like that, and he calls them names he 's calling them retard and he 's doing all this stuff calling them wobblies wobblies and, um, uh, and and you know saying you know if, if they, if they do you really crap the bed? Well, he everything and he 's just the worst guy, and they earn it man and they, they give back just as just as good as they get and that 's my buddy Mike this started because there was a story. Mike and I were hanging out at a diner, and Mike's got cerebral palsy. Mike's in the movie; he plays Morgan, and, and he's he's knurled up pretty bad. But he has three jobs: he works for Ice, he works uh, he has he has a public speaking job, and he's a stand-up comic. Wow, smart as hell, yeah. And uh, uh, and so we're at this restaurant one time, and this waitress comes over, asks me what I want, asks uh, my our two buddies what they want, and turns to Mike, looks back at me, and goes, "What will he have?" Oh, now yeah, wow. But Mike is a comedian and has had this happen. So Mike, I see the look on Mike's; so I just see Satan flash across <laughs> Mike's face, and I'm like. He this is going to be good. I, I'm like, oh, no, what's
5: coming? And he goes,
4: I would like some boobies. Thank you. Yours will be fine. Thank you. And he just, he cranks the level of return up 3,000%. And this woman, this poor woman, every time she came back to the table, oh, he would knock no. a glass of water. Oh, that was a tsunami. I'm sorry. And, and, and he, he knocked forks on the floor oh, and just did no. horrible things. And on it, purpose. On purpose. And just to destroy her. And my, as a comic, I can't give him up. I can't be like, dude, stop. I just kept sitting there going, right. oh, I'm so sorry. He just, he this happens all the time. Oh, my God. He's done this to this poor woman for an hour. At the end of it, as we're leaving, she walks over with a check and she's just shaking. And she just goes, I'm so sorry. And Mike goes, Don't worry. You're my favorite waitress. I see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and we walk outside and I hit the ground. I, like, I held it together so we got outside and we get the parking lot. And I'm just like, Dude, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And Mike's not laughing. Mike dead serious goes, That bitch deserved it. And I was like, <laughs> Really? Oh. So he was upset. That's just was, how he was showing He was it. just hate vengeful, oh, wow. screwing her. And, and, and I really got how bad he, and he deals with that 24-7. And so I wrote Special Unit to kind of let them have a, where they're, and no one helps them. No one saves them. They have to say, in fact, I get captured in the movie, and there's some, there's some really, it's laugh out loud funny. Well, you ask Williams about it. Brad Williams, who I was waiting, I asked Brad we ran into the Laugh Factory, I said, Brad, what do you think? And he goes, dude, I was on the plane <laughs> and I have headphones on and I'm bursting out laughing on the plane. And he goes, and then, here's what comics always say, and I don't laugh, dude. The right, <laughs> which, which is a sad Set. They do that's always a set. say that. Yeah. I say the same. The comics go like this. That's funny, <laughs> right? That, that's when a comic that's says that. Get, yeah, yeah, dude, right. dude, rock. That's good. Tell your face. <laughs> what? Tell your face. Yeah, tell your face. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, the movie's out. It's on, uh, and we've got all five star reviews on uh, iTunes and Google Play, and cause Amazon it, we, I, everywhere. Yeah, Amazon. We spent all the money on it, and then we didn't have anything to promote it. So. Who <laughs> all right. it? So I hoard radio like I'm doing today. Thanks, guys.
7: <laughs> Who was your director? Me. But it says Brian Cranston. No, that
4: was the original. That was the, the pilot. The original. Cranston was a buddy of mine. Cranston uh, directed The Pilot in 06. That's insane. Yeah, it was awesome. That is insane. Wow. And here's the thing. And I was such a. And we were. Comedy so, Central was so far up our butt when we were filming The Pilot about money. We had to. They'd go, guys, at midnight, we're done. We're done. And we're like, we have two scenes to shoot. And it's 1140. Right. And I'm like, and I go to. And instead of getting mad at them, I go to Brian. And, and by the way, this is Brian Cranston. Now, right. He just on Malcolm in the Middle, he wasn't, He wasn't. you know, Heisenberg Brian Cranston yet. Right. But he's But he was still, he's still one so of the most of them yet Not, No, you exactly. <laughs> know exactly
9: um
4: and he's he's just one of the most talented people in the world and i go i go brian we gotta pick this up and, you know and go, come on let's go let's go go and brian looks this is he turns and he goes how, how about you direct this scene how about you just do this one and i go fine 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 and I, i'm being really this is this is the douchebag part of titus and I and I, and I and I move him aside i'm like all right got it and and everyone goes okay and and, and brian leans in and he goes uh ask if everybody's ready And and I'm like, and I realize I don't know what I'm doing. And then then he waits a second, and he gets way too long. And every the whole crew is now staring at me. And 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 he leans in and goes, "Sound speed." (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it was horrible. It was horrible. He's and, the I was best. Like, and, and I just said, uh, how about you handle this? And he said, thanks. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Maybe better.
4: Yeah. Maybe but, better but after But that's all. who Cranston is. Cranston's always that guy. I don't think I've ever seen... I never saw him all the time. We, we used to do Malcolm When We used to go on these press junkets. Brian, is the, is, he's a mensch. He's the nicest guy. The only, the only person I've ever met nicer than Cranston is Henry Winkler. Henry yeah. Winkler, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Henry Winkler is... Henry Winkler will always stop and give you a parable or something. <laughs> like I met him at a Springsteen concert when we were backstage, and I, I got to meet Springsteen and, and 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 Winkler, I was in that show Big Shots, and Winkler comes over and he goes, he goes, Hey, my wife loves that show Big Shots. And I am like, and I and I start to panic because it's Henry Winkler. Right. And I met him once before, but I, I, I to panic and, and I I said, I said, Yeah, I said I said, I'm not writing on this one and it it, it makes me crazy because I'm, I'm used to writing on it. And he goes, and he starts going to this he goes, Well, let me tell you what Ron Howard told me once. He just <laughs> launches and he knows everybody and he launches into this amazing story that taught me so Something about show business that I never knew and that I've taken with me every day. And he's he's one awesome. of those rare
6: people who no one has a bad story about. It no. feels yeah. like nobody can say
4: anything bad to Henry Winkler. I that think. would be the weirdest thing is like Henry Winkler dies and they found 14 bodies under his house. You'd be like, ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> no yeah. one's that cool. Yeah, see? We knew it. Somewhere. Deep down. Well,
8: we were all so happy. I'm sure you were too, Christopher, to see him win that Emmy last night. Oh,
4: he deserves it, man. That he dude, deserves it. And, and you think his career has been, and again, he's the, he's the perfect example why be a nice guy and why my career isn't going that well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well,
8: you can see Christopher Titus on the road. In fact, uh, not only does he have tomorrow night, as we have been telling you about at the Hollywood Park Casino, get your tickets now, but you're going to be coming back to town at the uh, Ontario Improv yep. end of November as well with your Amerigids special. No, no, no. Breaking the new one. The new
4: one's called Stories I Shouldn't Tell. And, oh. oh. Uh, my family has already filed a cease and desist. Okay, but that's good. not the point.
8: <laughs> it's unbelievable. You do like a new 90 minutes like every year and a half. I mean, yeah, you're one of the minutes. most prolific of guys out there, it's crazy.
4: Isn't that my job though? And I think that's why I think I'm getting better because I, I think guys that do the same. And by the way, there's a lot of guys that do that. There's like f- maybe seven guys that really bust their ass writing, right? And mm-hmm. then there's a bunch of guys that have done the same act for ten years. And here's the, here's me you know it's bad when you're in the club and the guys on stage and you see the waitresses walking around mouthing the guys' bits. Oh that no! Is, oh, oh yeah, you see that? Oh yeah. There's some guys. So I always want to do a new stuff. Plus Carlin did 14 specials and 21 albums, and so he set the bar. And I'll never be Carlin, but at least at least I can put out the quantity not the quality <laughs> exactly but <effort>. you can <laughs> exactly. put in the effort <laughs> exactly
8: well this was a lot of fun i'm glad you came by thanks guys let's do it again in another 25 years i so.
4: appreciate
5: it. that perfect <laughs> I'm, I'm marking it now it's in my eye watch kevin and bean on k-rock k-r-o-q
7: hey Allie. hey bean what's happening well we found out that season 44 of snl debuts on the 29th host adam driver musical guest kanye west but now Vulture is reporting that Mikey Day, Melissa Via and Alex Moffett have been promoted from featured to repertory players. So, oh. moved up in the big leagues, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how it works. Cool. <laughs> Mikey Day is on a
8: lot of sketches. I definitely think he's earned it.
7: Yeah, he's great. He's from the Groundlings out here. Out here. Oh no! Very kidding. talented young man, that Mikey Day. Well, you guys remember that cave rescue in Thailand over the summer? Twelve boys, ages eleven to sixteen, and their coach of the soccer team. Why mm-hmm. the ding? What?
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just just go on.
7: Wow! Right?
8: Just comedy. Thailand wow! Comic. There, right.
7: Yeah. I just. <laughs> and
0: it was all in Thailand, so it's legal.
7: They were rescued from a 1,000 meters below the ground over three days. Well, that is now becoming a movie. Michael DeLuca and Dan Brunetti have inked a deal with Universal Pictures to make that film. So,
8: that's good. I'm really interested in that story because we have heard... Maybe it's been significant news in the Thai press. It hasn't made it to America. We have heard nothing about the nine days... Yeah. that they spent waiting to be rescued with nothing to do, nothing to eat, and nothing to drink.
9: Hmm.
7: Yeah, the only thing we really heard was that their coach kind of taught them different, uh, like, almost like a... What's the word? Meditation. Uh, meditation yeah. yeah. I was going to say transcendental, but, yeah, th- they were meditating in there, so... Yeah,
8: he kept them calm, which is to his credit, certainly, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I'm stunned in nine... Look... A day in, two days in, okay, maybe you're still holding out hope. Now you feel like at three days, four days, five days, eight days, somebody just has to go for it. I can't believe somebody didn't say... We got it. We're all going to die here unless one of us gets out and lets the world know we're here. You know what I mean? Right. So, and I'm sure there had to be a lot of conversations about which fat kid they were going to eat first. I yeah. mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we They're don't all know about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Bean <laughs> for
7: sure wants to hear he about whose arm they were going to eat. He first. really does. It's what he needs. But I mean, aren't you guys fascinated
8: with what, how they spent their time? during no. nine full days. No, because it seems dull. They don't have anything to do. That. I'm out at that point. Yeah, Yeah. but that's when people start coming up with, you know, hatching plans and whatnot. You don't just sit there. You don't just lay on the ground and wait to die. You you figure, you go, how can we get out Mm -hmm. of this? And I just can't believe they didn't, like, pick a short straw and force someone to try to swim out maybe they did. Well, we'll we're going to find out when this movie comes out.
7: Right? Maybe it's going to take a whole other turn and we're like, oh, one kid was dead <laughs> and none right? of us knew. Thanks a lot, B.
8: They ate every piece of them. That's oh, why there's no sign. Good God. I don't know. I just think it's one of the most amazing rescue stories of all time.
7: It is. And uh, just to piggyback on that, Elon Musk is being sued for defamation by the British rescue diver he accused of being a pedophile. Musk called Vernon Unsworth a diver who had criticized size must attempt to help that Thai soccer team trapped in the cave. Um, he wound up saying that it, it was just a PR stunt out there that Musk was trying to get his own submarine out there. So, you know, Elon Musk did what any normal guy would do and just decided to call the guy a pedo. I'm what sorry. What the hell? No sense was made throughout this whole thing. On Twitter, he's like, I mean, the guy's this age living in Thailand. Obviously, he's there for the kids. Are you a pedophile.
6: So he was just, basing it on what age he is and where he
8: lives. Yes, basically. Yes. Okay. I mean, he was. What was he like? Twenty-five or something like that? And he was a soccer coach, right? There's oh. no. There, there's no takeaway from that. No, 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 no.
7: This is the diver. This is the diver. He's.
8: Oh, it wasn't the coach. Okay. No, no,
7: no. No, this is the diver that was helping get these kids out. Ah, But because the diver said that this is just a PR stunt from Elon Musk trying to get his name out there with his submarine, his ego got bruised. So Mm. then he started calling him a pedo after apologizing, saying that it was spoken in anger. The Tesla chief later called Unsworth a child rapist in an email to BuzzFeed News. This is after he thought he squelched it, put it to bed what? because he apologized. Mm. Yeah, sent the, if you get a chance, look at this email. It is, he's lost it. It is, it insane. borders
4: on pedophilia.
7: It's very odd. The whole thing hmm. is very odd. It's then strange then he, that he
6: thought that he crushed the whole story and yeah. then wrote an email that then made wrote it the worse. Email
7: and then tweeted, like, oh, if, if the guy isn't a pedo, why hasn't he sued me yet? Well, suck it, Elon Musk. <laughs> you are now being sued. But the thing that I don't get is he is suing him, saying he destroyed his reputation, um, heinous accusations of criminality against him to the public. He's seeking at least 75000 in damages. And an injunction for Musk to refrain from making further publication of the false and defamatory accusations. $75,000. Does he not
6: know how much money Elon Musk has?
7: I, I'm hoping the emphasis is on the at least $75,000 <laughs> because, uh, wow, you're yeah. suing Elon Musk. I would think you'd ask for a ton. And it and then seems you like a
6: slam dunk, right? It sure does. So why wouldn't you?
7: I don't Todd. I don't get any of it. I really don't. I also don't get this fight between Tom Arnold and Mark Burnett, Burnett that went down on Sunday. Apparently Mark Burnett choked him and he wound up ripping Mark Burnett's pink shirt and his gold chain. Okay, And then it came out that, oh, maybe it was being videotaped for uh, Tom Arnold's TV show that airs tonight on Vice. Mm. So very weird situation playing out. But members of the LAPD plan to reach out to Kevin Bacon, Billy Eichner, Patton Oswalt, Allison Hannigan and Jeff Probst because they were all either tweeting about it or seen around in the area. Apparently, Jeff Probst is the one that broke up the fight. How weird must that have been? All of it is very, very odd. You go to an Emmy's party, you think you're just going to have a cocktail, maybe some sushi. Then you see Tom Arnold just brawling with Mark Burnett. It's all very weird.
8: (laughs) And you realize, I'm lucky I get to see this.
7: I I chose the right (laughs) night to go out.
8: Based on uh, absolutely no information. Uh Uh-huh. Who was the aggressor between those two? Mark Burnett Tom, Tom Arnold? Arnold?
7: Well, they said that it was Mark Burnett walking up the stairs with Roma Downey Jr. and then Tom Arnold beelined it for him Has to be to get him. in it's, their face. It's so, his show
6: that's yeah. debuting tonight.
7: He was trying to get... Yeah, he was trying to ambush them for information. But uh, I'm just w- guessing, but I would, if that, I would guess 100%. You still don't put your hands on someone. Yeah, correct. So, yeah... I'm going to the wrong parties.
9: Right? all I'm saying.
8: <laughs> it's interesting that Tom Arnold has called the police and asked them to investigate, but Mark Burnett, who it sounds like you guys think was the victim, has not.
7: I oh, mean- no. I, I think that... No. I'm saying Tom Arnold is a victim because he put his hands on him. I'm saying... Tom Arnold is the one that went after him, though, as the aggressor to try and get information. Mark Burnett is the one that went after him aggressively with his hand.
9: Mm, okay, oh, gotcha. see what
7: I'm saying? Gotcha. So
6: you're saying that Tom Arnold was using words? Yeah, he was instigating it. Mark Burnett it. started with the
7: with that's, the fisticuffs. That's what I. That's what all the stories are huh. saying.
8: Oh, seems odd. So that makes that makes Mark Burnett the bad guy, I the mean, worst guy. I guess did. I, good I
7: not say he wore a gold chain? You I did
8: mean, say it right yeah, there. Right. You did come say on. That.
7: Listen, this, this a- is all second, third hand, whatever. And it, God knows, sorry, Tom Arnold, I'm not watching your show tonight to find <laughs> out if the video's there. But, I mean, more will come out for sure. Sure. Again, just going to the wrong parties.
6: Right. That's what I'm saying. Saying there's no fights at the parties I go to? Yeah. So I need to change that up.
7: Did you see this Brian Singer news yesterday?
8: Yes.
6: Not.
7: Oof.
8: What a, I mean, the joke lately, and I think they said it on the Emmys last night, is wait nine months and anyone can come back.
7: Absolutely. So, Brian Singer is apparently in negotiations to direct Millennium's Red Sonia. This, by the way, if you don't know who Brian Singer is, he was the one fired by Fox after repeatedly not showing up for work on the set of the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. Had some other work-related offenses on there. Then in December, he was sued by a man that accused him of raping him when he was 17 back in 2003. Uh, Not the first time he's faced those allegations. He's the subject of a documentary, one of the subjects of a documentary, An Open Secret, which links singer with a whole bunch of Hollywood pedophiles. So, looks like he's been out of, wow. you know, out of our sights for a few months. So, he's ready to come back and make a grip of money directing this because there's no other directors. There's only just him. Tim? Wow. <laughs> That's odd. It's just it's insane to me the chances that people get in this town. <sighs>
8: No. So there's that. How's so that what's the by? job he's been hired for? It's a um, company. He's movie, in right?
7: negotiations uh, to direct Millennium's Red Sonia. So they're gotcha. rebooting that movie. So we will soon see with that. And Amber Rose um, hasn't seen her engagement ring that she got from her ex, Wiz Khalifa, in about a month. She went looking for it and she's like, wait a minute, it's gone. And the reason she's so concerned, not only that it's obviously a ring worth a little bit of money. Right. But she wanted to give the ring to their son, Sebastian, one day. Also, it's worth $150,000.
9: Okay. <sighs>
7: yes. But she says a lot of people have been in and out of the house. She can't really pinpoint it. But then there was an interview with her yesterday where she kind of seemed like she might have a lead on who it might be. Oh. But that's, uh, you don't steal people's jewelry. Do ya?
6: I feel like that's probably a safe comment. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Really going out on a limb. Don't email me with that hot take. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, So that's a little bit of what's happening for you. But first, some uh, birthdays. Jada Pinkett Smith, James Marston, Jason Sudeikis, Aisha Tyler, and Brazilian soccer player Ronaldo. And that's what's happening.
6: Thanks, Allie. You drive home today. Listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour or random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. We have Judy Greer on the program talking about the uh, kidding... Show on Showtime? I know, he's too excited. Well, yeah. I do love her. Should we cancel? No, 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 because she's, she's a too excited. She's a wonderful right. actress yeah. so and a delightful lady. Do we want you to lady. scare her?
9: Plus, I, remember
6: I,
7: I, how exhausted he was right? today from Christopher Titus? <laughs> we we'll have to
6: reconsider that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, Joel McHale will be here tomorrow morning as well, and we've got your passes for Not Scary Farm Takeover as well tomorrow morning.
5: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Rock.
10: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.